Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 56 of Season 5 of Movie Our Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee our way through the 1990 Bruce Willis action flick, Die Hard 2, Die Harder, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me today is Little Eddie from the Super Live Adventure Podcast. Welcome back, Eddie. Hey, Rob, thank you so much for having me back. I'm glad to be here. Well, it's because you wanted to be back. You know, the other when you don't want to be here, I don't force you. You know, <laughs> you know I'm not going to come down oh, there and break it. your legs and make sure the uh, you know come join me. You know, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, we we no, almost saw Goodfellas together, so you know that that that's why. You know, I know it's oh, I, I decided right, I did yes. I didn't want to go to Goodfellas with you because I was afraid you're going to break my legs. Yeah, you know, so yeah. <laughs> No, 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 no. I may live in the area, but that's <laughs> that's not really protocol around Staten Island. I'm I'm very happy to hear that. <laughs> At least not now. Maybe in the '80s it was. You're saying, but not uh, mm-hmm. you know, not not this time of year. <laughs> Times change. Times change. That is true. <laughs> All right. So episode 56 mm-hmm. begins with John picking up his equipment from the snow and ends with John trying to wave them off. So we ended things on Friday with a, a very uh, strange predicament. You know, we, we see that uh, Colonel Stewart wants to try and do something. We're not really sure. Something anywhere in between, uh, you know, killing killing cops and a, uh, an atom bomb. And he, he's, he seems to have found something, you know, in between. And he, you know, we discussed it uh, in depth last week at how implausible it is to be able to change the ILS system so that uh, the plane will think it's 200 feet lower than it really is. But whatever, we're, we're not going to go there this week. Last week, we had, you know, an expert on aviation talk about that. And uh, I am not an expert on that. And as far as I know, Eddie, you're not either. So, you know, we'll, we'll leave that yeah. to the expert. Well, you know, <laughs> at, th- at this point, this is what Rennie wanted to do when we're going to do anything we can to justify it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's more or less what, what a lot of this movie is. You know, there's a lot of, of things that happen here that are just completely implausible in our world. But apparently in the world that Die Hard 2 takes place, it's plausible. And it's possible. And there you go. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer. I just leave it at that. I don't, I don't try to, to figure that out for myself anyway. No need. <laughs> it's just yeah. the way it is. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, that we ended things with John jumping out the window and somehow doing a Rapunzel style, uh, you know, climb down. Uh, he he very rapidly is able to tie together all of these uh, sheets or something. I, I you know it it drop cloths. I think they are you know yeah. he, he, very quickly and is able to rappel down uh, one flight. If, if he's pretty lucky that he doesn't have to go very far in order to get down there, you know, and we had seen that he threw, you know, like two pieces of piping and, uh, you know, a, a can- canister of turpentine onto the, onto the, the fake snow on the ground, because as, as anyone who knows anything about the, the making of this movie, there is absolutely no real snow in this movie ever, no matter yeah, how hard they yeah. try. I mean, I don't know. Have you listened to the commentary on this movie? I actually just just uh, this morning before we were recording, I was listening okay. to some of the commentary <laughs> and the story that Rennie Harlan tells about. Uh, you're talking about, about the ice. One time you're talking that, about the ice. They thought they were going to have real snow in <laughs> yes. Spokane, Washington. That's right. Um, 
Uh, it is so tragic to hear him. They, they, they get off the plane. It's fine. He gets his first good night's sleep in like 10 months. And, and there's snow on the, well, no, no, once again, first there's it. snow on the ground and the place is covered in snow and they wake up in the morning. There was a heat wave at night, melted all the snow and they were trucking in snow from Canada. And when that snow got there, it was all frozen because it apparently, <laughs> you know, it, it, uh, it, it defrosted and then froze. So they had ice. And then there's there's the other problem that they you know they they put down all of these uh, you know snow blankets to make it look like there was snow and you know then then they had problems that 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 all got uh, you know ripped up by the by the the low flying plane that they used this week so yeah it, this is not a a good week if you're just listening to those five minutes of Rennie's uh, commentary you're not going to hear any good stories. <laughs> I mean, yeah. well, sorry, let me rephrase that. You'll, you hear some great stories, but you're not going to hear any positive yes. stories about them being able to get the snow. <laughs> That's what it comes down. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I, I do find it very funny about, you know, this confident, uh, you know, Finnish Viking, you know, saying, oh, we could do anything with, you know, we could do anything with snow. I know how to do snow. And then trying, try, you know, it's the one winter they're trying to find, find snow in America. <laughs> And it's just not there. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. This, this movie was really plagued by it. They went to so many different places where you would expect in January or February there would be tons of snow. They were in Washington. They were in Denver. Mm -hmm. They were in. They were in Washington D.C. They were. They were in. Um, uh, Michigan. They were, they were in Michigan, up up the the UP, uh, which I almost yeah. was there uh, when they were filming it, but uh, never didn't make it. Told that story too many times. People are probably mm. saying, "Ah, I've heard that story too many times." You know, me, me and a friend almost, <laughs> almost, uh, we, we wanted to answer the call for extras, but uh, they were filming all oh, night and cool. it didn't work out for us. So you know, we, we didn't wow. go, and uh, hence I am not in this movie, <laughs> at least even <laughs> at a glimpse to say, "Hey, look, there's me in the back." I'm, you know, maybe I would have been in in this week's uh, scenes. Who knows? You know, they were they were looking for people who would play like. Uh, you know, uh, uh, firemen and uh, and medics and stuff like that. From what I understand. Oh, okay. So I I, okay. I always thought it was the the final uh, you know scene of the movie, but it could be this one also. It you know the, yeah. what we're gonna get to later yeah. this week. But who knows? Mm -hmm. Either way, it doesn't matter. I'm not there, so don't look for me. <laughs> <laughs> you won't find me there. <laughs> so John finishes his rappel descent, and uh, then we get a shot of Barnes. Who, who 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 screams good luck McLean and you can see on his face it looks like he's freezing his butt off you know he, yes because <laughs> because he gave away his jacket you know even though it's probably not really very cold there but he's doing a good job of of pretending to you know to to be this cold and then we see John yes. stoop down picks up his equipment and starts making the trek towards the the runway. You know, it, I mean, it's pretty funny. They they talked last week about which runway it is, but how would John know how to get there? I mean, who told John, okay, to get to runway, uh, what was it, uh, 20, 29 uh, south or something like that, uh, 29 east? I don't know. It was, it was runway 29, from what I'm going to remember. And, you know, I don't know how he's going to find it. It's not like they have map. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I would assume it's either Marv or Barnes, you know, just knows the airport well enough just to say, OK, you're here. Just, just pointing him in the right direction. Well, Marv, Marv isn't here you right know? now to tell him that. So it's got to be Barnes. Barnes yeah. has to just run, run in that yeah. direction and you'll get there eventually, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And just and the one thing, you know, the the composition on these shots of just like him in that barren, you know, with the snow, it almost looks like he's walking on the surface of the moon. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and yeah. what's what's really cool though is, is right before he like leaves, we get a, a a frame of you know the sheets that are tied together just hang in there. They look like really dirty, but someone tied them really well. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and you know Barnes is is trying to look at John, trying to find you know trying the visibility is is uh, is is not very good. And we see just John just running in the distance, you know, run, John, run, you know, and then, go for it, man. That's right. And then we, we, the, the shot changes and we see John running towards us and we see as he's running, he's holding the, the two, uh, you know, pieces of, of, of the, uh, pipe that he had and he's pouring the turpentine on it, you know, and he had already wrapped towards the end of them. You know, some sort of, uh, you know, whether it was the drop cloth or sheets or something like that in order to, to to light that up, which which is pretty smart. And then he throws the can. He just doesn't need it. You know, that's it. Yeah, I'm man. throwing it. I don't need it. <laughs> so so this actually got me thinking. I mean, I, I know that he's in a dire situation and stuff like that. But, you know, it made me wonder what basically is the fine for littering in in Washington, D.C.? Because that's that's essentially what he's doing here. You know, he's littering. I I suppose I suppose you know I'm sure he thinks I'm going to go back and pick that up if all goes well, which you know. Um, <laughs> uh, so so you're asking me how much would a fine for littering be in 1990? No, that I see that I that I couldn't find what was in 1990, but I I'll, I'll give you a hint that Washington D.C. changed its laws in 2014. Okay, and since 2014, it's the exact same amount that that uh, that that's the fine. So, so we're looking at the, fine, at the current fine, fine now. Yes, the current fine for littering. Current current fine. I'm gonna say a hundred dollars. Seventy five dollars. Seventy five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. And they, they actually in in the last nine years have cracked down on littering but what they mostly are trying to crack down on is people throwing stuff out of their out of their windows when they're driving well that that's you know, got to be a much bigger fine no that that's the fine this is the fine for that 75 wow wow because I, I you know i could uh uh because i could tell you throwing stuff out of your wind out of a car window in new york can be upwards of three hundred dollars. Uh, uh, we will get there. We will get there. We're we're going to talk about New York yeah. also, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's a different movie. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll be talking about that this time also. We're not waiting two seasons to talk about it. Don't worry. We're, we'll get there. We'll get there okay. today. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so basically, if a if a police officer, we're first going to talk about DC. So if a police officer sees you dropping garbage, trash, debris, or any kind of other discarded material into public space 
waterways or someone else's private property, you you uh, you can receive a seventy-five dollar uh, NOV, which is a notice of violation for littering. All right. Then you have to, uh, you know, once once you are given this ticket, you have to show proof of identity. And if you refuse to to, to show uh, proof of identity, they can arrest you. And at that point, you can you will be fined an additional either hundred to two hundred fifty dollars by the, by the court because of the fact that you didn't because uh, you failed to identify yourself properly. Okay, and if you um, if if you don't show up in court, then the fines get even higher, and uh, you know it's it's not not a smart thing to do that. You know. Eesh. So I mean, if you if you look at the in Okay, I I was able to find for every year since um, the 1980s the report the the police the policeman's report for that year about violations and stuff like that for everything and some of them discuss littering and some of them don't most of them basically um, the, the the ones that were the most accurate that had graphs and information about how many people in each of the seven districts of DC, you know, of how many uh, NOVs were issued and how many were dismissed and stuff like that. So you can basically get that accurate information from 2011. So I, I, I just looked randomly. I did, I got information from 2011, 2020 and 2021. Those are the ones that I found. So how many, um, how many NOVs do you think were issued in 2011? Ooh. Um, is it four digits? No, nope, it is two digits. Two digits. Okay, so so much less. Yeah. Uh, let's say seventy-five. Sixty-four. There were sixty-four. Sixty-four. That's it. Wow. And okay. and of those sixty-four, eleven of them were dismissed. You know that for some reason, you know they 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 got to court and were able to to convince the the cops that uh, that they they didn't need that. <laughs> you know. It's just very, very strange, you know, that, uh, all right, in 2020, how many uh, were, do you think were issued? First of all, how many for non-vehicle littering and how much for vehicle littering? Uh, I'm going to say non-vehicle littering, 20, uh, and vehicle littering, uh, 65. Okay, so... In 2020, there were zero notice uh, NOVs for non-vehicle littering, meaning the cops didn't really care. <laughs> They're not paying attention yeah. to yeah. you know to anyone who's, who's just, uh, <laughs> littering on the street. But if they saw you driving and did it, so there were 31 uh, NOVs that were issued in 2020. Remember, they 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 started cracking okay. down on this in 2014, so the number went down. And in addition to those 31. Mm. There were 11 people who got warnings, and of all of that, only two of them were were dismissed in court. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. So again, they're 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 cracking down on these things now. Okay, let's go 2021. This is the latest information that I was able to get. How many non-vehicle littering and how many vehicle littering? I'm gonna say it was uh, one dollar, Bob, uh, for non-vehicle. <laughs> Don't call me Bob. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's how you get yourself not uninvited and... for tomorrow. <laughs> oh, okay. 
All right, fine then, Mr. Carey. Um, <laughs> uh, and, uh, uh, okay, so it was 31, uh, I'm going to say 25 uh, vehicular notices. Okay, so the non-vehicle littering, there were actually two. And they were, and they okay. were both in the the fourth district, and they were both dismissed. <laughs> Which again okay. goes back to okay. the idea so, that you know nobody really cares. <laughs> yeah. And but I'm I'm still gonna say I won by prices right rules. Yes, because um, you didn't go over. <laughs> you are correct. Yes. See, I'm. I'm, I'm <laughs> and and then for you, you said twenty for for littering from a vehicle. All right, and yes. the, the answer is actually thirty, but seven of those were dismissed. So we're going back to uh, to you know to twenty three that that were were actually okay. fined, and there were four warning tickets mm -hmm. that were issued. Hmm. Interesting that they actually record the warnings. Yes. Yes. I I I, I was a police officer twenty something years ago here in Israel. And one of the things that I remember from the police academy, and I, I've mentioned this in the past, is that um, a, a policeman has more power than than a judge. Because a policeman, when you I, see something, when you see a crime being committed, you can easily just give someone a warning. It could be just a verbal warning, even, you know, saying just don't do it again. And that's it. You don't have to give them a ticket. Once you get to court, then the judge needs to decide based on the, the, the merits of the case. You know, he can't just say, oh, yes. you know, all right, I'm just going to give you a warning and that's it. I mean, he, he can if that's part of the, you know, the, you know, he, he can he can dismiss it, but it'll still be on your record. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. The, the cop can do it that it won't be on your record even unless I guess you're in D.C. Because apparently in D.C. they can put it on your record. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it could, you could say that there was a warning, but you, you, they, they might not necessarily need to record who they gave the warning to. Right. That could be awesome. That's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when when you're talking about littering throughout the through, littering laws throughout the U.S., um, that uh, basically every state has different laws as to you know which ones they they will actually try to. Uh, enforce and which ones they don't and stuff like that. So what state do you think uh, is is the hardest? Which state hmm. do you think has the, the largest fines for it? Largest fines? I'm actually, I'm going to say, I'm trying to think of who would be a very environmentally conscious state. Um, maybe Oregon? Wow. I am very, very impressed. You, you, you hit that one. Really? Yeah, yes. The state of Oregon, if you throw a, a lighted cigarette or other tobacco product, tobacco product that's considered a class B misdemeanor, and it's punishable for a fine of up to twenty five hundred dollars and five years in prison. Okay. Now I find this ironic that isn't Oregon wow. isn't Oregon the, the 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 first state to to legalize marijuana? So I guess you know. <laughs> I guess it's the same thing. Yeah. You know. it, <laughs> yeah. Well, you could smoke all the weed you want, but any tobacco products, you're in trouble. That's buster. right. And if you, <laughs> you better watch out, if you throw any of these in water or on highways or on someone else's property, that's considered a class A misdemeanor 
and it carries with it a maximum fine of $6,250 and up to 10 years in prison. <laughs> that's, wow. That's just amazing. Yeah, yeah they are serious. Seriously. <laughs> Wow. Well, because I've I've had I've met people from Oregon who tell me always that they are really big into recycling. Like that is a, a huge campaign and movement within the state. So I, I, I'm not surprised that they would be just as harsh on littering. Apparently. I mean that that's just nuts. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I see people throw cigarettes out of cars all the time, you know. And obviously they're lit. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. I guess I guess in my country it's less of an issue. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, the easiest way to get around that is is just don't smoke. Oh, of course, uh, I, I don't smoke. I've never, I've never even taken a puff ever. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not even like Clinton who says I didn't, it never inhaled. I didn't even take a puff. <laughs> yeah. You know, but uh, I mean, if you go through all the different states, it's unbelievable the different uh, uh, the the different things. So, so we we said that we would get into in, into New York because uh, you know that that's where you're from. So in New York, yes, the uh, if you litter on on highways or adjacent lands, your first conviction is a fine of up to how much? What did you say you thought it was? Three hundred. Three hundred. Three fifty. 350, 350 and okay. a requirement to perform services for a public or, or nonprofit corporation, association, institution, or agency not to exceed 10 hours. Meaning you need to do 10 hours of community service for, for littering on the highway. Yep. Okay. And yep. if you get caught a second time, the orange, the orange vest gang. That's yeah. right. <laughs> if you, if you get uh, caught a second time, what do you, how much do you think you got to pay? Um, I'm going to say double that. That is correct. 700 and a requirement to do 15 hours of, uh, of, of uh, community service. Now, if you do it on the, the railway, wow. then it's a little different. It's, it's 250 for, and then eight hours up to eight hours of community service. And a second time is 500 plus eight hours of community service, meaning the eight hours stays the same. <laughs> and the, the, they have a the, the the fines are then put in what's known as the New York Subway Littering Prevention Fund. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing they're probably lower because usually you're not in a car when you're littering there. Yeah. Um, okay, you're throwing them out of a a moving train window or yeah, like no. Well, no, I, I would assume usually it would be like if you're on a platform at a station, you know, and someone's just dumb enough to throw something on the tracks. Yeah. Well, you probably it's, it's better to probably yeah. do it in, uh, in in New York as opposed to New Jersey, because in New Jersey, the the first time the fine can be anywhere between one hundred and five hundred dollars with somewhere between 20 to 40 hours of community service. OK, wow. If your second conviction is within six months of the first one. Then the fine is between two hundred and fifty and a thousand dollars, with up to eighty hours of community service or up to sixty days of imprisonment. So if you're gonna do it, do it in Long Island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can remember because uh, you know, in high school, I used to take the uh, Staten Island Rapid Transit, um, 
every day to school. Uh, and a lot of times you would just see, you know, idiot kids um, doing stuff. And a lot of times just end uh, um, transit cops, uh, you know, often just, you know, catching uh, catching them and, you know, giving them those kinds of fines. Um, you know, and a lot of them just, you know, and a lot, I remember thinking just how stupid it was that people would just throw stuff onto the track when there's literally a garbage can two feet behind that's them. right um yeah yeah no that, that's just crazy i mean again we can we can go through all 50 states well we're not going to but uh yeah i mean no, some of these no, no. some of these are just crazy <laughs> yeah yeah just you know if you happen to be in portland some of them it depends portland, on Oregon. it depends on how, how uh you know how heavy the the the, the it is of what you're what you've thrown you know Oh really? Yeah. So okay, so you know, yeah, be- better a bag of chips than your album collection. Apparently, yeah. So like for instance, in Texas, <laughs> okay, if any, if it weighs uh, five pounds or less, it's a Class C misdemeanor with a punishable of fine up to five hundred. If it's between five and five hundred pounds, it's a Class B misdemeanor, which is punishable okay. of a fine of up to five hundred dollars plus imprisonment of up to thirty days. If it's mm-hmm. if it's between five hundred and a thousand pounds, or for commercial purposes, mm-hmm. a class A misdemeanor with a fine of up to four thousand dollars and imprisonment of up to a year. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That, uh, yeah. So, so and, uh, and if it's yeah, more than if it's I... more than that, it's ten thousand. If it's more than a thousand pounds, it's up to ten thousand dollar fine and two years imprisonment. You know. Damn. Yeah, I don't know. If, yeah, I think you got to stick with New York if you're gonna get a litter. Yeah, although somehow, even though he's a cop, I don't think that's at the forefront of John McClane's mind. No, of course right not. Now. Of course not. But it's still fun <laughs> to look at these things. You know. Of course, of course. <laughs> so then he he takes out his uh, trusted Zippo, and uh, we see him light it up. And he, he only lights up the Zippo. That's it. You know, we don't we don't we don't see him. We see him move the Zippo towards. You know the, I guess the the dripping uh, drop cloth, but we we don't get to see, yeah. uh, you know, we don't we don't get to see it light well, up it, at it, this point. Well, it's of of course because he's gonna need it, uh, because he, once you once you light those things, you can't use them in the next take. That's probably <laughs> awesome. So that that's why. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. And and then we hear some beeping, and we we see uh, a whole bunch of uh, airplane. Uh, knobs and uh, letters it says airways and we see outer middle marker so you know we, we've been talking the last few weeks about the uh, outer marker so you know then, then we see the lights start uh, flashing i i don't know if it really does that but you know it's 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 done for us for the effect that that we now know they've reached the uh the the outer marker you know and then we uh yes and then then we we get a uh, a shot of our we're, we're back with uh you know uh, Chief O'Brien, my man. Chief O'Brien, <laughs> call me. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and we hear him say, "Dallas, this is Windsor one one four, inside the outer market, mm-hmm. the outer marker." So what, what's what's really funny is is that, you know, if he has the, you know, the indica- indicator switch that tells him that he's at the outer marker, my assumption is that in Dulles they know it also. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, they know where it is, and and then uh, Stuart, we 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 uh, uh, we we see Stuart again, and Stuart responds, "Roger, 
1.14. This is Dulles Tower. We have radar contact and show you on ILS. You're in the glide path and you're looking good. Now, I've never noticed this until uh, this this watching, uh, you know, doing doing my, my research for this. Be, because based on what it says in the script that we were talking about the last few weeks, how how Stuart keeps changing his voice because these are different people that he's supposed to be speaking to each time. So I, I've now noticed that he does change his accent slightly each time, you know, to make it seem as if he's a different person giving this information, you know. Yeah, he's got a little bit of a southern lilt to him here. Correct. Um, you know, and we we get to see uh, you know Garber once again, and and Miller. You mm -hmm. know, the, these these guys are all uh, nice and happy. You know, to be sitting there looking at what's going on. Um, you know, get getting ready for something to happen because they they all know it's going to happen. Has anyone commented on how for, uh, somehow Garber to me just the I don't know if it's hairstyle or what for some reason he feels he looks like a dead ringer for Christopher Guest. Um, okay, I, I can understand. Why. I can understand how you can say how you can think that um, just because of the way it's flipped back at this in, at this point. Um, have, have you you've mm -hmm. never seen Don Harvey in anything before? I mean, yes, yeah, I, I have, I have. It just in this particular yeah. role. Um, and with, with the hairstyle, I mean, he's obviously, uh, he's got a, a, a thicker build than guest, but, uh, but the facial features for some reason, it, it looks a little bit more like a young Christopher guest. Yeah. Okay. I, I can, I can see that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I definitely could see that. <clears throat> and, uh, then we continue with, uh, you know, it, it and then we're, we're, we're back with John. And we, we see that he's, uh, you know, standing there trying to, to, to signal the plane. The torches the have been lit. The torches have been lit for, for as you said, for, for this take. <laughs> <laughs> they want to make sure that, that, that uh, they're doing I mean, he, he does it pretty well. You know, um, I, I got to say, it, it, it's, it looks like he's doing a lot of exercise, you know, waving those, those torches uh, back and forth. Yeah, yeah, and it's you know it's really a shame trying to figure out is that really going to be helpful? Yes, or not. and also is he on the right? Is he um, on the right runway? You know, is is he is he yeah. facing the right direction? <laughs> the plane is going to be coming from mm -hmm. in front of me or behind me? You know, John John is yeah. pretty smart. You know, and if 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 you look, you'll see that there's like uh, you know when when we see a long shot of John, we see like that there's smoke, or actually it's. It's a, it's not really it's supposed to be like snow that that's being pushed by wind or something like that. But since we know there's really no snow there, so it just it just looks really funny trying to figure out what it is oh, just, that's that's moving behind him. You know, it, you can see it by yeah, second just forty like and fans. stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's definitely the the that's what I would say also. Um, and then we get a close up yeah. of John, and it looks like he's really struggling. And I don't know if you noticed this, but the the canister that he threw far away from him is actually now at his feet. So I guess he did decide oh. he did decide that he does not want to uh, litter and have to pay that seventy-five dollar fine. And so he he brought it closer, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take care of it beforehand. You know. Yeah. And then the the shot changes, and we we're we're back in the tower, and we see uh, Lorenzo start pointing, and he goes. 
there's somebody out there. So I got to say, he's got. Gr- What's that Jagoff doing? He's got great eyesight that he can see that. Well, yeah, and to me, the marvel is that that they could see John from in there, and yet the planes can't right. yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is just funny. I mean, I'm sure you have that layer of clouds and fog, but still. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, the planes aren't expecting to see him because they they think that they're, uh, you know, they're not going to want to see someone, you know, hanging, uh, you know, flying at 200 feet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Has anyone else commented on the the marvel that Dennis Franz has such a thick, recognizable Chicago accent, yet he never plays a cop in Chicago? In this movie, he he's played he he has played <laughs> Chicago cops. Did you ever see the movie The Package? Oh, okay, okay, okay. I because I always think of like this and Hill Street Blues and uh, yeah, NYPD Blue. Yeah, yeah. No, I understand that. <laughs> I I knew yeah. what you were going with, but uh, yeah, he's, yeah, he's he's yeah. he's one of the uh, you know he's one of those Chicago guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised he yes. wasn't in the fugitive with, yes. uh, with everyone else. You know, they you know they have this this, this group of Chicago uh, uh, actors who who all appear in a whole bunch of movies, you know, uh, and TV shows and stuff like that. That all yes. take place around Chicago, and you know he he <laughs> he fits in with that. Let's put it that way. And yes. after after he says this, so then Trudeau starts looking, and you see him like squinting with his eyes a little bit. And then he walks over and picks up a pair of binoculars. <laughs> like, what the <laughs> hell are you looking at? <laughs> and he, he picks up the binoculars and starts looking out. And everyone, you see, like, everyone just standing there now just looking. And there's, like, one woman who, who has her hand around the waist of one of the men. You know, looks very professional. Yeah, it's, it's – well, the other odd choice here um, is that – we there's no way i mean because it's so difficult for them to see there's no way we could see john from this angle and the fact that i i find it interesting that they would show uh uh this this shot of the control room with everyone uh facing away from the camera where we're just looking at the back of everyone's head um and i thought bald bald not bald bald ponytail Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's interesting that they wouldn't do a shot, maybe, you know, an exterior shot of them through the window so we could actually see their faces. And, you know, well, I, I think they do um, that because they're really, really far away. We're going to see later. That is very far away. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, even though in, in the script a few weeks, uh, I think last week, Trudeau says something about the fact that that he wants them to see it. You know, the Stuart wants them to see it. So he's doing something close. But this isn't close at all. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. And so Trudeau starts looking through the binoculars, and, he, and then he notices it's John. He goes, "It's McLean, Christ!" <laughs> and and then we get a close up shot again of John, uh, still trying to 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 wave him off, doing his exercises. And and that's actually how this minute yeah. ends. <laughs> okay. Um. Again. Again. Uh, once again, you see back. all the the the. the uh, the fake snow, you know, flying behind him. Plus, you can also see like some sort of light that's coming from above. If you if you take a look there, it looks very strange. Yeah. It looks ominous uh, because <laughs> it's 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 not the plane yet. So, you know, what what is that? But also, if you look, this is supposed to be a runway, but I don't see any of the lights on the side of the runway, even turned off. 
So he's no. just standing there on the street. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, yeah, John, just stand yeah. out there in the field. Well, make it look like it's, uh, you know. Yeah, probably with all the snow blankets, they couldn't figure out. Um, uh, you, yeah, they didn't think to mount those or whatever, you know. Um, yeah, it's just because I mean, there's so much negative space. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and and that's pretty much how the minute ends. So do you have anything else you want to say about the minute before we get into the script? No, I mean, th- this is, uh, you know, to me, this is the real heart of the movie. Um, you know, Die Hard 2 does not um, stick as much in my mind as Die Hard or Die Hard with a Vengeance. But the the one thing I do is is this sequence that we're talking about this week. Okay, um, which is why the, you chose to be on this week. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and to me, it's it's what makes it stand out, especially from the original. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you yeah. you've listened to the commentary, so you know this also. But you know, for anyone who's listening, uh, Rennie Harland had a really hard time selling this entire scene. You know, we'll we'll talk about it a little bit during the week about you know how what what he needed to cut and you know what he what he was able to keep in in order to give us that emotional uh, connection to what's going on here. Yeah. So. Yeah. Right. So so in the um in the script, so it starts off with the it says in the British cockpit the crew reacts as their ILS lights up, high fives all around. I'm so glad they cut that. <laughs> <laughs> and then it says in the in the tower they hear the sound of engines trudeau says oh god no a technician says can't we cut in jam them trudeau says everything's dead lorenzo points there's somebody out there light sizzles in the distance dances trudeau fumbles up a pair of binoculars looks christ it's mclean he'll get himself killed mclean has made two torches from the w- wads of fabric wound on the scaffold pieces. Now he uses his lighter to ignite them. He waves the impromptu flares in a crazy pattern. We hear the approaching plane. Barnes looks out the window of the sky of, of the annex skywalk. Come on, uh, come on, see the torch, see the torch. Everyone watches in the tower as the dancing lights and listens too. And then we hear the conversation between uh, O'Brien and Stewart that, that actually stays the same. And that that's all we have for this minute. Um, I like the way they did in the movie. I, I I'm glad that they switched things around from what was in the original yeah. script. Uh, I think it just works a little bit better. It flows flows much better this way. Yeah, yeah, and it, it really more firmly establishes that Stewart uh, is in control of the situation. Correct. Correct. All right. So mm-hmm. every Monday we have a segment called. McLean Monday, where my guests will give their their top five Bruce Willis uh, performances. So, Eddie, why don't you start with your number five and work your way up? Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. It was funny looking through this. I was surprised a bit as to how many of of uh, um, Bruce Willis's later performances I I preferred to his more uh, to more stuff from the eighties and nineties. Um, okay. yeah, yeah. So just, uh, uh, I, I will give one quick honorable mention just cause I can't help myself. Um, uh, uh, that didn't make this list was unbreakable. 
Okay. Uh, uh, number five um, is a movie that I don't think was t- has been talked about as much. It kind of got lost in the shuffle. Uh, but it's 16 Blocks from 2006. Hmm, okay. Uh, I've, I've directed by I've Richard. Yeah. Yeah. Directed by Richard Donner. And that that is a real like tense closed quarters thriller um, where he play he plays a detective who's trying to um, help a, a witness get to court on time. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I liked it. But that there's a movie I didn't like some of the uh, some, some of the twists I, weren't that great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Number four, Armageddon from 1998. Uh, (laughs) uh, You know, one of the few Michael Bay movies that I I really do appreciate. And uh, uh, just uh, I I really enjoy the chemistry that he has with Ben Affleck. And uh, when he when he gets to go off on on supposedly smart people who have dumb ideas. And I think this is one of the better examples of that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, number three, uh, Looper from 2012. Uh, another great, great sci-fi piece. And uh, um, I think like the real, really the last great performance that he put in, uh, okay. in his career. Uh, number two, uh, I was, uh, it was, it was hard to figure out, uh, which Die Hard was going to be on this list, but I went with Die Hard with a Vengeance, um, just because seeing John McClane in his natural environment in New York uh, is something that I find really special, and and the the sarcasm and wit that he has, I think, is is at another level here. And uh, number one, which I feel like might be a bit controversial, but to to me, uh, I have always seen Bruce Willis as someone who who could have been in that category with great noir actors from the 40s like like Robert Mitchum or Humphrey Bogart and to me the movie that best displays uh him in that sense is Sin City from 2005 okay who plays nice. uh Detective Hardigan uh in the uh that yellow bastard segment yeah all right great so Eddie uh wanted to tell people how they can get in touch with you where can they find little Eddie <laughs> uh so yeah you can find me on twitter at lil eddie o'hare um i will be tweeting a bit more often because i have some some projects in the wings uh also if you listen to the super live adventure podcast uh which is a a a uh comedy pop culture podcast hosted by uh john saluga and chris sorrentino i call in there uh with uh, capsule movie reviews. Every time I go to a movie theater, I always call those guys, tell them what I saw and whether or not I liked it. Um, uh, and and they're they're just a bunch of of rollicking fun. Um, and uh, uh, also, uh, you know, if you want to go back here to some of my other works, you could check out the Wicked Theory podcast or the DC TV report. Um, my co-host Sarah Netsley, Bill Sweeney, and I just recorded a reunion special. Uh, for the DCTV report that discussed the uh, series finale of The Flash and the end of the Arrowverse as we know it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I may have something in in, waiting in the wings. I'll wait until uh, minute 60 to give give you some more details about that, so stay tuned. All right. Mm -hmm. See, everyone, there's a reason to come back and listen all week to Eddie. 
You'll never know when he's gonna tell when he's gonna give it to you. Maybe he'll give it to you on Friday, maybe Thursday, maybe Wednesday, but come back every day. And you can try and find out these spoilers. Ooh, yes. All right. Excellent. And finding me is very simple just to search for Move Around Minute. You can find me on Twitter, you can find me on Facebook, or you can find me on my website, movearoundminute.com. So until tomorrow, yippee Yippee-kaye. If you're fond of sand dunes and salty air, quaint little villages here and